Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. At least for our generation and those after us, uh, <clears throat> this is unlike anything I think we've ever been through before. There was, and I would encourage you to, to uh, check it out, there was a pandemic back in 1918. And I've, I've uh, uh, heard a little bit about it, read a little bit about it. At that particular time, there were, uh, there was an, it was a, a, a type of influenza. And uh, there were uh, 500 million people that contracted it. And 50 million worldwide died. Uh, you know, and, and you think about that, that's just absolutely mind staggering. I watched just a little bit of a documentary last night that uh, had to do with it. And I mean, there was, there was devastation. And, 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 and think of this they didn't have the internet, you know, they didn't have the possibility of live streaming, they didn't have the kind of encouraging links that we have today through communication. And, uh, but the bottom line is America still ma made it through. And uh, many of those folks, I'm sure, trusted in God. And, and I would say this to you. You know, uh, we're praying that, that uh, nobody in our church gets it. And if someone does get it, this is what I know. I know that God's grace is sufficient. And it always is and it always will be. It was sufficient enough to get me saved. It was it's sufficient enough to keep me day by day. And... Uh, so, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged, not discouraged. I'm encouraged. And what I want to speak to you about this morning is, uh, is simply how to have joy and peace in troublesome times. Well, the truth of the matter is, this is how to have joy and peace. Period. Whether it be troublesome times or any other time, and we're looking in Philippians chapter one. We're going to look at verses one through nine. Uh, let's all stand together if you would. And again, if you're at home, I would encourage you to stand with us as, as if you would in honor of the Word of God. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1 says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for being the God of all grace. Thank you for being the God of all mercy. I was just reading Psalm 136 this morning and reminded over and over and over again. 
For his mercy endureth forever. For his mercy endureth forever. And uh, I'm thankful for your mercy. I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful, Lord, for opportunities that we have uh, during this time to be a witness, to be a testimony, uh, to be a blessing to one another. And we pray, God, that you would uh, help us this morning to understand and see what, what is necessary in our personal lives in order to have peace and joy during these troublesome times. Uh, God, uh, you, have, you have an answer for it. You have a formula. And Lord, none of this stuff takes, has taken you by surprise. Uh, we're thankful that we have a God of, of strength and might that we can cling on to and uh, that can get us through by your grace and by your mercy. We pray your blessings upon this, this message. We ask, Father, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. And uh, give comfort and help, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. That's, that's pretty good. That's about as good as it normally is around here. So now I know who my ameners are in this church. Anyway, <laughs> in, in, uh, in, in the, the book of Philippians, the, the book of Philippians, the, the, uh, the theme of the book is that it's a book of, it's a book of, of joy. Uh, joy is used, in fact, I was just looking it up here just, just this morning, how many times the word joy is used. It's used over and over and over again, either joy or rejoicing. And uh, uh, God expects us to be a joyful people. If you're saved this morning, if you know for sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven because you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. God, God really expects us to be a joyful people. And and. Times like this that we're going through right now, they test that joy. And uh, you find out whether or not your joy is real or whether your joy is, is surface. Um, and and the, the, the opposite of joy and peace is worry. And uh, I understand that, that uh, you know, because of the times we're living in, because of the things that we're going through right now and probably for weeks to come, very possibly, um, it, uh, it, it will become more difficult. It will be more, become more trying. And uh, however, uh, worry is not the answer. Um, worry can, can create more problems. It can create real physical problems. Uh, it, worry can create headaches. It can create neck pain. It can create uh, back aches, ulcers, indigestion. It can make make you make it hard for you to concentrate. Worry worry is 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 a dangerous thing because it it uh, not only does not solve anything, and usually the very things that we worry about don't even come to pass. But but uh, worry is wrong thinking, and it can damage us. And uh, uh, worry is wrong thinking and, and it's wrong feeling about, about circumstances, people, and things. And there are some conditions that God gives in Philippians 4 and the first nine verses that uh, we must meet in order to conquer worry and have a, a rejoicing and a, a peaceful spirit. Look with me, if you would, first of all, in the, the first five verses Again, it says, therefore, my, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and beseech Sintichi that they be of the same mind in the Lord, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, 
and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The first thing that God talks about is right relationships. Right relationships. Verse 1, he, he uh, talks about the fact that they were his joy and he was, they were his crown. And he said, said that the, the thing that Paul joyed in was the people that he had ministered to and the people that, that he had been able to lead to Christ, the people that he had been able to see grow in Christ. And, and one of our joys should be those that we have invested time in. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I would encourage you to do during this time is ask God to show you how you can be a blessing and an encouragement to somebody. Yesterday, my wife was busy in the afternoon uh, sending some email cards to people. And just to, just to be an encouragement, just to be a blessing. Uh, there, you can make a phone call. You can, I, don't, I, I don't recommend a visit right now, but you can make a phone call. Uh, you, you know, there are various ways we can, we can do, we can uh, be a blessing and be an encouragement one to another. And then in verse 2, he talks about, and by the way, uh, you know, just to, just, to, just to ask the question this morning, who have you invested in so far? You know, are there people that you have put time into? Is there, are there people that you have put prayer into? Are there people that you've put, you've maybe even put an investment, I'm talking about financial investment, into? Um, God expects us to invest in others and be a blessing to others. And then in, in verse 2, he says, I beseech Yodius and beseech Sintaichi that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Evidently, these two women were at loggerheads. Evidently, these two women were having, were having some difficulties. And what, what God says is, get it right. You know, take care of it. One of the things that, that uh, I don't understand, I, I just, I'm sorry, I just don't understand why particularly Christian people can't get along. Uh, you know, we are brothers and sisters together in Christ, and there is absolutely no reason why we shouldn't have a, a good relationship with one another. And if there is a conflict, if, if you know that someone is offended, go see them. If, uh, if you have trespassed against someone else, go see them. But get that thing right. Because it will have an effect on your joy, and it will have an effect on your peace if it's not resolved. Then verse 3 says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my, my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Help others work for the Lord. Uh, you know, you, you may say, well, I, I don't have this ability, and I don't have that ability. Well, okay, find somebody who does have an ability and help them. Find somebody who is, is uh, laboring uh, in the work of the Lord and be a blessing to them, be an encouragement to them. Down in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. You know that the, the, the word that's a real kicker right there? is the word always. <laughs> and that means in the middle of this thing, we ought to be rejoicing. In the middle of trials and tribulations, we ought to have something that we can rejoice about. And rejoicing, by the way, helps your relationship with others. And uh, uh, it's, 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 it's difficult to complain 
And it's difficult to gripe and it's difficult to, <laughs> to have an attitude when you're rejoicing. And the reason why oftentimes why we get attitudes and why we get to complaining and why we get to griping is because we've stopped the rejoicing. It says rejoice in the Lord always. That ought to be, that ought to be what we're known for. Uh, you know, and again, especially in times like this, we will stick out as people. Uh, we will stick out because the, the, most of the world today is mourning over this whole thing. Now, I'm not happy that it's happening, but, but I will say this, that I have much to rejoice about in Jesus Christ because I'm saved. And because that's the case, there ought to be a, a rejoicing attitude in both you and me. And then, then, the, then the, the, the last thing, verse 5 says, Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Boy, I'd love to camp here for a long time, but I'm not going to. So many times when I've read that before, I've thought, moderation. Well, it's talking about eating and, and drinking and, and habits and so forth. I don't believe that's what it is at all. Not within the context. He just got done talking about relationships, relationships with people, people that he had relationships with, uh, that he had encouraged in the Lord, people that were having a conflict, people that uh, were doing the work of God that needed some help. And then he comes down in verse 5 and says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. M moderation is just simply have control of your emotions. Just, you know, don't, don't go off the handle one way or the other. Be, have, have moderation. Uh, you know, as, as I said in last week's message, respond, don't react. There's a difference. Uh, you know, you will know when I react, and you will also know when I respond. And respond is, is done with, with control. We ought to be known as a people that uh, whom, whom God is controlling. I'm not talking about self-control. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about spirit control. I'm talking about the spirit of God controlling your emotions and mine. Uh, control your emotions or they will control you. And you don't want that. You, you want to be in control. And, and that will affect your joy and that will affect your peace. So the first thing is right relationships. Second thing that will affect your joy and peace and that we need to get in order is right prayer. Look in verses 6 and 7 with me. It says, but be careful for nothing. All it simply means is don't worry. Be careful. In other words, it doesn't mean be, don't be, uh, be cautious for nothing. That's not what it's saying. It's saying be careful for nothing. Don't be full of care about anything. It says be careful for nothing. Uh, but uh, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There, there are, are three words that are used in verse 6. The words prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. First of all, prayer, it's used in just a, a general sense. And it involves adoration, it involves worship, it involves praise. And when we begin to worry, we need to spend time in prayer. Um, you know, uh, we, can, we can either, <laughs> during this time, we, we've got two choices, really. You can panic or you can pray. 
And you know what? I like the fruit of the prayer a whole lot more than I like the fruit of the panic. I've seen the fruit of the panic. And uh, uh, so we need to be a prayerful people. Uh, we need to not be worried about things, but we need to take, take when that worry starts to show up, and it will. I mean, it'll, it'll show up in your life. It's shown up in mine. Uh, even last night, I found myself, I found myself uh, going through different scenarios in my mind. Boy, be careful of that kind of stuff. Again, that's worrying about things that have not taken place yet. And what I found by experience, most of the time, they do not take place. They just don't, yeah. you know. And uh, so what we need to do is we, we need to, to use that as a signal, use that as a kind of a, of a flag for us to go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, uh, we need to spend time in praise and, and worship and, and adoration of our God, remembering God for who he is and remembering his character. Um, you know, I, 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 I've quoted this verse a lot over the last year, uh, not only publicly, but to myself. And uh, the verse that uh, speaks about God in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Uh, another verse in the book of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That just tells me that I have a steadfast, stable God who never, never changes. Bible says he never lies, and he's always true. Uh, man, uh, if that can't get you through, through difficulty, if that can't give you peace, I don't know anything that can. But we need to spend time in, in prayer. And then the second word is the word supplication. Supplication just simply means making requests concerning our needs and problems and the needs and problems of other people. What I would recommend, and this is what I try to do, I try to pray for others before I pray anything for myself. Um, I find myself oftentimes on Sunday mornings praying for other preachers. Now, I do pray and ask God to bless the services, and I do ask God to bless, bless the preaching of the Word and our teachers and everything that goes on here at Freedom Baptist. But, but I also, and first, actually, uh, spend some time praying for those other pastors and other people that are that are doing the work of the ministry, and uh, we need to we need to to make our requests known. You know what we have a tendency to do is when there's a problem, the first thing we do is gripe. You know it would be good if our first reaction was not gripe but to pray, and to take that request and take that need to God. And then the last the last word that's used there's prayer, there's supplication, and then there's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, and I can't, I can't tell you how important it is for us to spend time being thankful for what God has already done. Let me tell you one of the reasons why that's so important, because as you remember what God has done, it'll be a lot easier for you to trust him for what you want him to do, because you'll remember that you have a God that was strong on your behalf. You'll remember that you had a God that, that came through for you uh, and, and answered other prayers in times past. We need to be a thankful people. And again, uh, you know, do, 
Do, do I like the situation right now? No, I don't. I really don't. I don't like being restricted about where I can go and where I can't go. And, and it, it could very possibly get worse. Uh, I could get to the point where this isn't even possible. We'd just be doing the live stream. That's fine. Uh, I, do I like those things? No, I don't. But I'll tell you what, we've got it. We've got it good today. We really do. And uh, God has been good to us. And, and, and you know, one of the things that, that and, and I don't know, maybe this isn't the right way to look at it, but this is how I look at it. If, if we crash, we all crash together. <laughs> you know, we really do. And, and here's the difference. Those that are saved have God to, to hold on to while they go through the crash. And, and you know, again, um, God told, God told um, uh, Paul when he had the thorn in the flesh, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, uh, one thing that will be absolutely guaranteed, no matter what happens, is that God's grace will be there. Yeah. We can grab a hold of his strength. We can grab a hold of his power. We can grab a hold of his resources, and they'll be there for us. Now, what's the, what's the product when we do pray? This way, I love this. In verse 6, it tells us to pray. And in verse 7, it says, if you do that, if you do verse 6, Verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you have to ask for it? Absolutely not. You, you start to pray and God automatically gives you peace. The peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds. That's, that's the byproduct of the prayer. First uh, uh, Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him... For he careth for you. So we're looking at, we've looked at right relationships. We've looked at right prayer. Let's look down at verse 8. Verse 8 talks about right thinking. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. There is a... Uh, a, a phrase that I have heard more in the last week than I have heard at any other time in my entire life. And that phrase is freaked out. <laughs> freaked out. So-and-so is freaking out. Uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, there is that tendency during this time. And again, the tendency is probably going to get more and more so as things, as the screws kind of tighten on this, on this whole, whole deal nationwide. Um, what's the key? The key is have the right thoughts. Have the right thoughts. Uh, Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. I love this verse. I just love it. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Where is your mind today? You know, is it, is it totally wrapped? I realize you've, you've got to consider what's going on. I understand that. But is that what you're obsessing about? You know what we need to obsess about? We need to obsess about our God. We need to, we need to keep our, our God in the forefront of our hearts and minds. You know, is your mind on God or is your mind on what might happen? Uh, is, your, is your mind on God or is your mind on your health? Again, 
I believe God will give, give us grace, and we may not uh, ever get the coronavirus. But if you get the coronavirus, that doesn't mean that his grace is gone. Amen. His grace is still there. His grace is still there. And you, you can grab a hold of that grace, and he'll get you through. Um, you know, uh, we, need to, we need to kind of examine ourselves and, say, and, and look and see what occupies our minds the most, particularly at this time. What and who do you put your trust in? Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Many of you, if not most of you, could, could quote that this morning. Uh, which simply says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You know what I found? It's easier for me to quote that to you when you're going through trouble. <laughs> but when I'm going through it, and you quote it to me, mm, well, the truth of the matter is, we do know that all things work together for good. All things. Does that mean that this can work together for good? And not just can, it will work together for good. Um, I believe it's going to get some people's attention. I, I, I really believe with all my heart. And I'm not saying we're going to have you know, nationwide revival because of the coronavirus. But I am saying this, you're going to have opportunities to witness like you've never had before. And we're going to have an opportunity to give out the gospel like we've never, like we've not had possibly in our lifetime uh, because of this situation. And uh, we need to, to, to understand that all things do work together for good. Uh, could, could our livelihoods be in jeopardy? Absolutely. And there's no doubt about it. I, I think we'd be foolish to think that they, they won't. You say, well, what are you going to do about it? I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. I'm, I'm going to thank God for what he's already done for me. And I'm going to spend a lot of time in prayer, and I'm going to make sure that my mind is in the right place. Uh, you know, I believe this with all my heart. All of our, all of our battles begin in the mind. Keep your, keep your finger here and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Go to 2 Corinthians 10. Look in 2 Corinthians 10. And look down in verse 5. Well, let's see. Go up to, go up to verse, um, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What's the very first thing that he says we ought to cast down? It says, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That means that, that I have a responsibility. And my responsibility is to make sure my thoughts please God. Every thought is to be brought into the obedience of Christ. And what are the things that, that I need to think about? Well, verse 8 gives us eight things that ought to characterize our thoughts. Number one, true things. Check out the veracity of facts before you mull it over. Uh, you know, we, and this is, right now, this is going, this is going rampant, this is going viral. Uh, oh, I heard that. Well, you better check out your source, okay? Uh, it's, it's, it's real easy for gossip to, to, uh, to, to proliferate. It's, it's real easy for, for false information to get out there. I, I, 
I was uh, listening to uh, some people talking about on the radio about about false ideas about 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 this coronavirus and that hot water uh, will if you immerse yourself in hot water that that will take get rid of the virus and make you immune nut stuff crazy stuff but so make sure make sure that what you what you hear is true and 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 what you think on is true john 17 17 says sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth spend some time in this book during this time you're going to have a lot of time to do it <laughs> so am i and uh, we need to spend some time in the book and just saturating our minds with truth second thing is not only true things but honest things things that are above board things that are sincere and this knocks out gossip this knocks out backbiting uh, this knocks out uh, you know any kind of any kind of of, uh, of critical thoughts we need to, we need to to, to block those things and make sure that the things that we think about are honest. And thirdly, things that are just. What are, what are just things? Those are lawful things. Those are things that we should do and that we should think about. The Bible says God's judgments are just. And, and quite frankly, uh, did God allow the coronavirus to hit the entire world? Well, the answer to that is yes. He obviously did. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you say, well, that's, that's judgment. And I've heard people say, well, the reason why this is happening is because. And they'll, you know, they'll list a, a bunch of things. They may be right. But whether they're right or whether they're not right, there's one thing I know for absolute positive, And that is God's judgments are always true. <laughs> and they're always right. And they're always just. The, the next thing we ought to think on is pure things. Things that are clean, uh, th uh, things like God's word, God's wisdom. Don't, don't, you know. Um, again, I've heard where a lot of folks are, are are watching watching films and watching movies and so forth. Okay, that's fine. Just make sure you watch stuff that doesn't get dirty. Make sure you watch stuff that that uh, doesn't have du double entendres in it. Make sure you uh, make sure you're careful about what your eyes see and what your mind thinks of. Uh, we need to think of pure things. We need to think of fifthly lovely things. Lovely things are things like God's creation. Um, you know, uh, praise the Lord, uh, His creation hasn't been tainted. The waterfalls are still running without any problem down in the Ithaca area. And, uh, you know, I found out here, here not too long ago, there's like 150 waterfalls within uh, 50, or excuse me, a 10-mile radius of, of uh, Ithaca. Uh, that's God's creation. And we're blessed around here. I mean, this, is, this really is beautiful country. And we ought, we ought to think on God's creation. Think on things and people that we should love and that we should care for. Think on lovely things. Then, uh, sixthly, it says, good reports. Uh, good things versus criticism. Good things versus complaints. Um, the things that are, are worth talking about and things that are worth thinking about. That's what ought to, ought to, to uh, uh, take up space in, in, our, in our mind and in our thoughts. And then virtuous things. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise. Uh, virtuous things. That, that has to do with moral goodness and has to do with good character. Uh, think about ways that your character can be improved 
through this thing and how God can mold you and make you to be a little bit more Christ-like through this time. And then the last, last thing is, is uh, what's, uh, not only virtue, but if there be any praise, think on these things, things that are praiseworthy, uh, things to be grateful for, uh, things that we can tell other people about. Make sure you have control and bring into subjection every thought to the obedience of Christ. Notice there's some similarities in this list in verse 8 to uh, a psalm. Go back to Psalm 19. Go to Psalm 19, and there's, there's a lot of similarities here. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 9, says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Uh, we, would, we would do ourselves uh, much good if we just used this extra time that we have to spend time in God's Word, not only just reading it, but also meditating on it, thinking on the Word of God so that our thoughts can get in line. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote a, wrote a little, I don't know, poem, prose, I guess you would call it, and he, and he said this, and boy, this is, this is powerful because it's so true. He said, sow a thought, and you reap an action. Sow an action, and you reap a habit. Sow a habit, and you reap a character. Sow a character, and you reap a destiny. And uh, that all started by just a single thought. And it's very, very important to have right thoughts in order to have peace. And then the last thing... It's, it's uh, important to have right living. Look down in verse 9. It says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Um, right living. Uh, that means right relationships. That means right prayer. That means right thinking. All of those things will, will make it possible and prepare us for uh, right living. Uh, there, are, there are four things that it talks about here. It says, those things which you have learned. In other words, the facts that we have learned that are true. We ought, we ought to, to grab a hold of those things. We, those things that we receive, that means not only learning the facts, but applying the facts and applying them personally to ourselves. Not just knowing that a truth is true, but knowing how it affects us. And then thirdly, it says not only learn and receive, but heard. Uh, hearing, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. You might hear something, but really not hear it at all. Uh, we need to pay attention to it. We need to make sure that, that uh, we, we not just listen with our ears, but it sinks down into our heart. And then last of all, seen. Seen uh, means that you've, you've watched it in the lives of others. And then, it's, then it says, now do those things. Do them. It's important for us to, to not only learn things, receive things, and hear things, and, and, and uh, uh, see things, but to also do what we know is right. And uh, uh, there's a real uh, difference between Philippians chapter 4 
and then James chapter 4. And with that in mind, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to James chapter 4. Philippians 4 is a, is a chapter of peace. And James chapter 4 is a, is a chapter of war and contention, at least the first part of the chapter. And in James chapter 4, notice, notice some verses. Notice verse 1. It says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members? What is that? That's wrong relationships. Down in verse 3, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. What's that? That's the wrong kind of prayer. Praying out of greed and praying really because of contention and so forth. Down in verse 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. What was the problem? They had the wrong thinking. They had, they had wrong relationships, they had wrong praying, they had wrong thinking. And then verse 4, it says, uh, ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So they had, they had wrong living. Uh, all of those things were off. They had wrong relationships, wrong living, wrong, wrong uh, praying, and wrong thinking. And because that was off, the peace was gone. You want to have peace? You want to have joy now or at any time in your life? You need to have the right relationships. You need to make sure the things are right. First, between you and God. And then secondly, between you and others. Secondly, you got to have the right kind of praying. we got to spend some time in prayer. Why? You know, we have a, we have a uh, song that we sing around here, Why Worry When You Can Pray. <clears throat> we need to change those words during this time. Why panic when you can pray? You know, you're either going to have, have panic or you're going to have prayer. Prayer will alleviate the panic. And then we need to have right, right thinking. Uh, if, if we think the right thoughts, if we think the thoughts that God wants us to think, that's going to make a difference in your heart. It's going to make a difference in your emotions. It's going to make a difference in, in, in the peace and the joy that you have. And then last of all, right living. You know, uh, we, we need to make sure we're doing what is right. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. God has a desire, and his desire is that we have joy. And his desire is that we have peace. You know, the thing I find interesting about the book of Philippians, it isn't so much that it's a book of joy, but it was a book of joy written by a guy who was in a prison at the time. And he, his, his outward circumstances were horrible, but he had joy. His outward circumstances were, were, were less than desirable, that no circumstances that any of us would want to have to endure. And yet he had peace and he had joy. Why? Because he had right relationships. He spent time in prayer. He made sure his thoughts were in the right place. And he was doing what pleased the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I'm thankful this morning. For the peace that passes all understanding that keeps our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, uh, I'm glad that I'm saved. 
And, and really this message this morning were, was for people that know for sure that their sins are forgiven. There might be someone either in this auditorium or, or this listening over the air that uh, does not know for sure if they were to die today that they go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Honestly, Lord, that's a, that's a horrible, that's a tragic thing. It's especially horrible and tragic because you have, you have paid the price for them. And it's not necessary that anyone go to hell. But uh, Lord, any of us can get forgiveness of sins by just realizing we're a sinner, realizing we're on our way to hell. Repent of our sin and trust Jesus Christ and Him alone as our personal Savior. Not trusting in our works, not trusting in religion, but just trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I've done that, did that many, many years ago. I'm thankful for the folks that are in this church building right now and those that are watching on live stream that uh, have done that, have trusted you as Savior. And God, I pray that you'd work in our hearts and help us to help us to examine our hearts this morning and see if, see, Lord, if, if we've got the right relationships and if we've got the right thinking and if we're doing that which is honoring and pleasing to you. Uh, Father, if we are rejoicing in you, uh, Lord, uh, as you work on our hearts this morning, I pray that, that you, uh, if there's anything that we need to take care of between us and our God, that we would do it today. It might be someone who needs to just simply bow their head and trust you as Savior. It might be someone who's already saved, who's been spending time and worry and that's not Lord what you would have them do Lord you would have them uh, have that peace which passes all understanding and God I pray that uh, you would work in our hearts this morning and if we see any wicked thing there or anything that's missing that needs to be there help us today to get that thing settled before you bless this invitation as we give it, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have everyone stand, if you would.